We are walking through a few of our values here as we uh, kind of set up 2019. And I, to start us off this morning, I want to ask you um, uh, just this, just, just kind of very plainly, uh, where do you belong? If you had to say, this is where I, um, this is where I fit, right? This is where, um, you know, kind of all together, this is where my life makes sense within this community. Um, it's, it's here. So Luke wrote the gospel of, of, wrote his gospel, the gospel of Luke. And then he wrote this whole book, you know, the whole book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 2, here's what's just happened. Jesus has resurrected and he's ascended into heaven. And he sent us the Holy Spirit. And we're, um, John, John 14 and John 16, Jesus would say things kind of cryptically like, hey, you're... <laughs> You're actually going to want me to go to heaven because when the Holy Spirit comes, stuff is going to happen, like some unbelievable stuff is going to happen. And so I want to pick up in Acts chapter 2, and this is just, I'm just going to read 40 through uh, 47. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved." Where do you belong? Because what we know here, essentially, this would be bananas for a church of 120, let's say. That's roughly the number that we get. And then, boom, the next day, 3,000 are added. So all of a sudden, you've got 120 people. And then the next day, you've got 3,120 people. That's what the Spirit of God did. The Christian faith was sweeping through the Roman Empire, and people who knew Christ had a place to belong. Because, why? Because they were spiritual powered. Where do you belong? Where do I belong? What does it look like? What does it look like to live out the Christian faith? Because when we look at Christians, when we look at them in the first century, in the book of Acts, here's what we know. We know they were truthful and they were loving. And that's a hard balance. Think about that just for a second. For you to be truthful with somebody and to be loving. Tell me how you're supposed to do that. I want to be loving and not truthful. I want to be truthful with some people and not loving at all. (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) Verse 44. All the believers were together. Is West Town Church together. Are we a unified church? Are we a group of Christians 
seriously, that are unified. Because, let me tell you, um, the first century church was. This weekend, the elders had a retreat. So we had Scotty, Jim, two Daves, a Morgan, Father Abe, Dr. Phil, Rich Gibbs, and myself. We got together. And in the second, you know, the second chapter here says they met together. And where did they meet in the first century? It just, they met everywhere. It wasn't just one place. It wasn't like 13521 Racetrack Road, here where we are. You know, this is where. No, they met everywhere. And you know what? They met constantly and they met relentlessly. What group do you have in your life that meets constantly and is relentless in meeting? Because the Christians were. They were getting picked off. They were getting killed. It was literally the, uh, their very life. They came into the temple, and then they said, come over to my place. I don't care what's on television. I just want you to come over. I don't care what my house looks like. I don't care if it's a mess. I just need you to be over. Why? Because we believe the same thing. And the Roman Empire, what, is persecuting us. It says they met together. And you know what? The church couldn't get enough of one another. Is that a church like West Town? I don't know. Can you not get enough of one another in the gospel? Because when the church grew, when the Spirit dropped, when Jesus ascended and the Spirit dropped, the church could not get enough of one another. Is West Town Church a place where you belong? Or is it a place that you attend? Big difference, obviously, right? You attend the church or you belong to the church. You tell me. Regular life, right? You're going to get up tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock and you're going to go to work till 5 o'clock or do whatever you have to do. That was the interruption for the first century church. That wasn't the norm. That was the interruption. Is our church a place that you belong? Right? Invest and invite. All people matter to God. Love for the story of Scripture. And then we come to this. Do you belong here? I don't know. It was something that they were. And so, I know, some of you have been subject to ministers like me. We're on Christmas Eve, right? On Easter. What do you feel from me? These subtle barbs, right? These jabs. Come on, where you been? Right? And you feel that stuff. Why, why aren't you around more? Are you just coming? Are you a, are you a C&E Christian, right? Christmas and Easter, right? Why don't you come to this? You never see this stuff in the book of Acts, ever. It's just not in there. It's never, oh, I gotta do this, ever. They couldn't stop getting together. The people just wanted to. Who do you want to be together with? Who do you belong to? And you just, it doesn't matter. Super Bowl party, it's a known. You're just getting together. Where do you belong? Because of the oppression, because of what Jesus had done, you know what? New life for them was coming together regardless. There was no command. There was no duty. And I wonder, hey, oh gosh, people at West Down feel like they should. It's a bunch of shoulds here. You know, it's the fourth week of January. Yeah, I guess I should. 
be a part of a small group. I guess I should go to the men's thing. I guess I should. No, that, that, that begins to just grate on my soul if that's what we have become. And here, it was just, let's be together. We have to be together. It is air, right? It is breathing to be together with those because the Roman Empire would just oppress you. you I mean, it was, it was the place, what, that you could talk about salvation. Lord, I have more new life here than I have anywhere. Do you belong somewhere? So when we think about the first century church, when we think about our church, yeah, we got to look at it. We got to diagnose Westtown. Are we this type of church? That's what we've been doing. We have, we have been a young church that, you know, we're no longer a church plant. We're a, a young church, and we're supposed to take it to the next level. That's what we believe God is asking us to do. And we've got to mature. And one of the ways in which we mature is that you have to feel belonging. And when you look to the Word and you say, okay, you know what? When I got together with my small group, I just sensed God was there. That's why I don't want to ever miss. I don't care if I've got, my son's got a, a baseball travel ball game. I don't care if my son's got a soccer game or my girl's got a volleyball game or whatever. I can't miss it because when I'm around believers as opposed to when I'm at church or when I'm just in my neighborhood, here's what I feel, God. Like the presence of God and that is what Acts 2 felt. You know what was awesome? So last Saturday, I'm at Jake, my youngest son Jake's basketball game. And I'm sitting next to Pastor G. I've gotten to know him. He's the pastor of the church, Greater Life Victory Church, which is right across the street from Sickles High School, right across the street from that Walgreens. They got that facility. And here's the thing about him. He's a tent-making pastor. In other words, he's not like me, lazy, where this is his full-time job, right? He's got a full-time job, right? And it's with the government, right? So he's got a job with the government right now. And you know what he says? We're sitting there, and he says, Frank, you have to tell me what it was like to be in the Holy Lands. Okay. Twist my arm even more, right? I let him have it. And then he says, I just want you to pray for me. One, it's, like, it's like a comma and one little line. I just want you to pray for me. I haven't got a paycheck in a month. Look at the news. That's all he said. I haven't got a paycheck in a month, period. He didn't say anything more. And we watched our boys play basketball. Didn't bring it up again. Frank, tell me what God's doing. Frank, you went to the Holy Lands. And Frank, just pray for me. You teach the word of God on Sunday morning, so do I, except I got a full-time job. I don't know if you do, but whatever. No. Pray for me. I haven't got a paycheck in two months, or in a month. That's all he said. It's stunning to me. I was like, yes. Didn't bring it up again. Didn't try to like get me to probe with some open-ended questions and whatever. He just said, look, this is where I'm at. I'm not going to speak to you about some freaking political you know, stream this way or that way. All I know is that I haven't got a paycheck twice. I just want you to pray for me, period. Man... Is that us? Right? So many people say religion is an expression of culture, right? 
Religion is just an expression. If you're an Italian, then you're Catholic, right? If you're Jewish, then you're into Judaism. If you're an Arab, you're into Muslim. If you're Scottish, then you're a Presbyterian. And on and on. But here's what happened in the first century. The place to belong. It transcended every race and every class and every temperament that you might find yourself on the Myers-Briggs. If you're an extrovert or you're an introvert, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you get a paycheck. You what? You couldn't keep them apart. Do you belong? Do I belong? That is fundamental characteristic to the church. Are we that? When we start 2019, are we that? There's nothing more, I believe, on America's mind right now than, hey, do you believe in this? Are we going to do this? Or are we going to do that? And here's a culture that didn't even think about those things. It wasn't even, it wasn't even the, the you know, primary thing at all. And just flick on the television, and that is all you hear. Right? The philosophers of uh, uh, this Greco-Roman world said, here's what we do. We hang out with people who make over 90000 a year. We're the upper class. That's what we do in West Chase. We do not you know, hang out, literally. We don't have friendships with those that make less than this. That's what, that's what the Greco-Roman world was. If you're a philosopher, if you're educated, if you thought this way, you lived in, this, in these certain areas. And you just didn't intermingle with other people. And here in the first century, it wasn't close to that. Christianity, it didn't matter male or female, right? They weren't divided. It didn't matter, right? Your political spectrum. What mattered was, hey, God, please tell me that this thing goes deeper than racial ties. Please tell me it goes deeper than, than uh, political ties. Please tell me it goes deeper, right, than biological ties. We struggle with that. I know we do. Do you feel the oneness here? So when one of our preschool teachers, Maggie, comes because the Boko Haram is killing Christians in Africa, and she comes over here because she wants to protect her three kids, and she comes in, does she feel like she's just a Christian? She doesn't need to make a certain amount of money. She just feels okay. And we bring her on and she's here as one of our preschool teachers and it's beautiful it doesn't matter what you what you drive what you wear here's what we know the church just wanted to spend time together do you belong here or do you feel like you've got to meet a certain set of criteria either people around here are a little below you or People around here are a little above you. Therefore, I'm going to create distance because you know what? The gospel's not big enough to feel unified because you know what? I don't make enough or I don't look this way. Or you know what? They don't look like me. I'm a little bit better than them. I'm a little bit more responsible responsible than them. Everybody believed. And you know what? They just went over to one another's homes. That's all they did, right? Seven o'clock, I'm calling Papa John's. We're getting a couple of pies, right? We're going to hang out. What are we going to do? We're going to pray. We're going to read the Bible. And then we're going to play like, you know, taboo. And it's going to be awesome. Why? 
Because we believe the, th- the, the same thing. Do you belong? And that is a value here. And I know it's hard. Because we vet one another. What, are they, what is their personality type? Are they good with people? Are they bad with people? They are a little bit... I feel better with them because they weigh a little bit more than I weigh. They're not like perfectly in shape. I don't feel comfortable around them. You know, the pounds or the money or whatever it is. But here... In the first century, it just didn't matter. They all believed and they were all together. Is that us? I don't know. We're taking inventory as a church. And can we belong here? You know, one of the greatest joys that I had watching the first five years, the most staunch Republican, conservative of conservatives, don't mess with Texas George W. Bush Republican, right? is hanging out with a Barama or a Barack Obama voting progressive, right? Intellectual. And they thought completely different about about, you know, different thoughts. And you know what? It didn't matter. They both were dirty rotten scoundrels in need of a savior and ultimately that was the most common thing to them. It was gorgeous. But here's what America says and what our culture says, there's no way you got to be this political realm or this racial or this whatever. You can't come together. The gospel isn't big enough for this. And man, just read the Bible. When I saw that happen, man, I tell you what. The touchy-feely types and the more intellectual types, just stuff stops mattering. It doesn't matter. They come together. Why? Because they understand who they are. Do you belong? Is Westtown a place like that? I'm asking myself this about our church. Is it a place where you can do that? At times it has been. I've seen it happen and it's absolutely gorgeous. So when they got together, what did they do? The who? Let's go to the next slide. The who and then the what? Every class and every type and what did they do? They studied, it says, they studied the apostles' teaching, they studied the word of God. And then it said, they devoted themselves to fellowship. They bore each other's burden. What do you do with a family that allows their kids to go to certain movies that you don't allow their kids, your kids to go to? I allow my kids to go to PG-13 movies, but you only allow your kids to go to PG movies. Like, like here, here are the different things, right? And so this week, we, we had a, a retreat with the elders, and here's what we did. One of the exercises we did, it was beautiful and very horrible at the same time. In three categories, we said, in order for us to be balanced, here's what we want to be. We want to be prophetic like Jesus, Right? That means that you want to be able to speak the truth. You, we want to be priestly like Jesus. In other words, to have compassion. And we want to be kingly like Jesus. Because he was a beautiful prophet, and he was a beautiful priest, and he was a beautiful king. And what you had to do in this exercise was rank yourself, right, in all three of these categories. And so when it came to the prophet, I felt okay. You know, one through five. And I, and I felt like... You know, they, you know they asked, we asked one another, what did you give yourself? And I felt pretty good about the ranking I gave myself, right? And then I said, 
you know, when it came to priests where people are hurting, and you, many of you know that I have a counseling degree, and I want to be with people in the hard times, right? And so that, that comes natural to me. I want to hear it. I want to be with you in those moments. And when it comes to the kingly part, I'm a train wreck, right? I'm a one, right? I'm probably a negative one. I'm the worst administrative organizational person on the planet. And we have to like assess our thing, our, ourselves. And you know what? When it came to that, I felt shame. And I said, fellas, I give you, here's what I am. I'm four here. Maybe I'm even four or five here. But when it comes to this part of my life, when it comes to this part of leading, I'm a one. And I felt stupid. I'm supposed to be a pastor, right? I'm supposed to be competent. And you know what? I'm terrible at this part. And many of you know that. And in that moment, I felt isolated and I felt alone. And I thought, man, and here's what, here's what these fellows did. They said, Frank, you are horrible at it. <laughs> we affirm that. You are horrible at this part. Comma. But we love you. Right? We love you. And we know you're trying to work on it and we know that you don't think that way. But we love you. And I tell you in that moment, when these fellows said, we got your back, man. You're not good at this. Our church has warts because of your inadequacies here. And we want to help you. In that moment, you know what? Acts 2 actually made sense to me. They said, we're not going to shame you. We'll make fun of you a little bit. (laughs) But we love you. And we want to be in the foxhole with you, man. And we know you don't think like this. And we see where you are a bonehead, but we love you. And you know what I felt? I felt like I belonged. I felt for a few minutes, I didn't have to be the leader. I didn't have to be like ahead of people. I could just be a dude with some weaknesses and some strengths, belonging to some other guys that were committed to me. And that felt healing to me. And in that moment, I thought, this is it. This is why the church actually worked. Because people were allowed to say where they stunk. And guys were willing to say, yes. And they told me the truth. And they didn't lie to me and say, no, you're really good at it because you're not. But we love you. And we're not going to leave you. And we're going to be there with you. Is that a place that this church can become? Because in that moment, man, I didn't want to be anywhere else. It felt like Holy Ghost, the scriptures, all of this stuff was playing it out. And I was so grateful for that. And I ask you, I ask myself, how do we do this? I mean, if this is a value in our church... I want you to feel like you don't attend this church, but you belong to this church. But it takes, I know, it takes you deciding, I'm going to take a step. And I'm going to look like a doofus. And I'm going to trust that the gospel is bigger than my own shame and my own whatever I'm looking like. And when you think about the, the uh, 
Acts chapter 2, when you think about what happened, when you have a place to belong, because you know what? I'm going to tell you this. If it's not here, if it's Idlewild, right? This massive church, Ken Witten, awesome guy. I actually went to college with his daughter, uh, awesome girl um, at Florida State. If it's Grace Family, I don't care if it's at um, whatever church down the road here, Watershed or Water something, Water something. Or there's a, there's a number of others. I want you to be a part of a place where you belong. There's a, there's a number of great churches around here. But you were, you were made to belong somewhere. Jesus said, I want you to come together as sinners and I want you to belong. And I think for some of you, you never have felt like this is where I'm okay. And I know. This church has warts. We will mess up. And we have. But you know what? I believe we're authentic and we'll say where we struggle. And we say, when you would say, you know, hey, Taylor, you know, whatever, this is a, you know, an area, we'll respond and say, okay, we want to work on that. But ultimately, the church is a place where you should belong, that you should know things. And, and know the truth of the scripture and, and the power of the cross and of Jesus and what he's done for you. And that all we are is, a, is, a, is, you know, is just, a, is just a, a group of dirty, rotten scoundrels in need of a savior. And doctrinally, we need to know that and we need to live that out relationally. And I think there are churches that do one or the other very well. Either they're very good at doctrinally saying, this is what the gospel is, or... They don't talk a lot about the gospel. They talk a lot about relationships. And what we have to do, what the church does, is doctrinally say that you are a dirty, rotten scoundrel in need of a redeemer, that you needed a payment called a ransom. And because the ransom was paid, you are the redeemed, that you've been rescued and delivered. And you need to feel that in community. And the first century church knew that. Read Acts 2 and read Acts 4. Here's what they did. Come over to my house. You need my truck? Here's my keys. You need money? Your $10,000 in credit card debt at 30%? Let me make a couple calls. We will pay off that debt so you don't just kind of have that incessantly. That's the kind of thing that they would do. Wait, you made some bad investments? That's okay. We will get together a bunch of our mutual funds. In fact, I'll cash out some of my IRA. Because I don't want you to struggle like that. We'll do crazy stuff like that. And then the Romans and, and, and the Praetorian Guard asked questions. They thought, what? You're cashing out an IRA for a dude who is irresponsible? And the Christian said, yeah, of course I would. I'm no better than they are. They, we belong together. That is what we do. Now, the fourth question, that's the what, let's go one more. The why, I just shared that, go to the next one more. How? Verse 46. Here's what it says in verse 46. How did they do it? And this is where I just want to give you an application here for this. Every day, it says in verse 46, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. With glad and sincere hearts, comma, praising God. 
Praising God is your dynamite. Praising God is your engine. Why? When Steph Curry hits seven straight three-pointers, does Frankie come to me and say, Dad, you have to see this. And he comes and he puts it on YouTube and he says, watch this. And I see seven straight three-pointers, right? Or Jake comes to me and says, Dad, you got to see this play. you got to see this, you know, this football player throw this pass or whatever it is. Why? Why would they say something like that? It's because it's beautiful to them. I cannot not tell you, Dad, when I see athletic beauty and they come to me and they say it. Why do my daughters come to me and say, Dad, you've got to hear this girl sing. Here's a seventh grade girl in her room and she posted this on YouTube. Just listen to her voice. They come to me and they say, Dad, you have to hear it because it is beautiful. I cannot not share it with you because it's too beautiful not to share it with you, Dad. This is hilarious, Dad. Look what this mom did to this son. It's going to be hysterical. Watch this. They got to share it. It's beautiful. When we begin to understand that God is so gorgeous that we have to say to one another, you can't miss this. You can't miss it. I was on a golf course, right? And an up-and-coming accountant says, working for a big six firm, I just want to be rich, and that's why I don't want to follow Jesus. I don't know what to do with the tension, Frank. That's gorgeous, because they're honest, and God's working on their heart. I just want to get to this number so I can retire, so I can feel secure. Tell me what to do with this. My three-year-old is coming to me and talking to me about those weird motions you do in chapel at at uh, for preschool chapel, Frank. This is weird. But my three year old's talking about how be strong and courageous. Be strong. Be strong. And like they're talking about it all the time. That's how we understand. That's how we express our joy when we understand what Jesus has done. And that is what the first century church did. They had to express beauty. They had to express the beauty of God's grace. Are we doing that here? Is God's beauty and his provision in your life, which he has provided for you, if you have breath this morning, he has provided for you. Are you understanding that beauty? And are you talking to other people about that? You have to share the video with somebody else because it's changing your life. That is the feel and the DNA of the first century church. And they felt like they belonged. It was okay for them to mess up because they weren't the point. The point was Jesus, right? The point was that a dude put a crown of thorns, they put a crown of thorns on him, and they put him in a tomb, and the tomb couldn't hold him. And he got up and defeated death. And because of what he's preached to me, that is what I look forward to. I I am no longer a slave to death. And they just wanted to get together and have a beer and talk about it. Amen? That's good stuff right there. They felt like they belonged. Are you, am I, devoted to fellowship? 
Am I devoted to being with Christians? When you praise the Lord, and when you talk to other people about it, I, I believe this. That bitterness that you feel towards your mom, that beauty that you see about Jesus, that bitterness you feel towards your dad or your sister or your brother begins to dissipate because your brother and your sister in faith begin to talk to you and they say, okay, we're in it together. Let's do this. The point is Jesus. The point is how much Jesus has loved you. The point is that he paid this ransom. The point is that you're redeemed. Come on, let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of this bitterness. Let's not make 2019, you know, three months where you won't talk to this person or three months where you won't even share your faith because you're so locked up inside. No, that's why I need my brothers this weekend to come and tell me, hey, you're a knucklehead and you are loved. Yeah, you're a horrible king. Yeah, you don't know how to administrate, but we love you. And the reason we love you is because Jesus loved us. Amen? Do you belong Is this a place where you can belong? We're trying to set our five values out. I know some of you are indifferent. I know some of you look around the Christian church and say, you know what, just only some of these are my kind of people. But the other ones aren't. It's hard to praise the sacrifice of Jesus if you want to take somebody's head off, right? It's hard to praise someone who's died for you and to be indifferent about people sitting right next to you this morning. It's hard. And Jesus came to change that. He's come to take your bitterness. He's come to take your isolation and say, hey, look, here's what I've created. You can't be a Christian and not love the church. It's an oxymoron. It's, it's, you cannot be a Christian and not love the church. If you're a Christian, you're a part of the church. That's the vehicle by which what? I want to redeem the world. And that's why we get together. That's hopefully why we have a little job security around here, staff, huh? Yeah. That wasn't very funny, I guess. Where are you? Do you belong? If you don't feel like you belong, I want to encourage you. Take a step. You know, when you guys give money, here's what we do. We hire more staff. So we've hired Morgan. He's in charge of connections. He's in charge of fellowship, getting our our groups together. Because of your money, because what you give, we're allowed to have this uh, pastor that is in charge of kind of like presenting this vision for us to what? To belong really well together. Because you guys give your money, because you write a check, because you, know, you get online and you give us money, we can have a youth pastor and we can have you know, Patrick and Allie who get together groups and they say, here's what we want to do. We want to take a sixth grade girl who only is nervous about her body. It's the only thing she thinks about because she doesn't look like all the rest of the girls. And we want to tell her her identity is in Christ and you can belong here. And you don't have to worry about what your body looks like because Jesus loves you. When you give, right, and when we do that and we have a place to belong, that life changes. We have a third grade girl who's in here and she doesn't realize that she doesn't have to be the the, the best, most well-behaved little girl in her class because she thinks, she thought that that's what church is about, right? Being so good. No. It's about understanding that Jesus died for me And we want our teacher to tell them that. And then, yeah, 
when I understand grace, then I want to be good. Not before that. And when an eight or nine-year-old girl understands that and it changed their lives, you know what? A bunch of obstacles that would come in their way are no longer there. And they say, let's do this, right? Let's have 100 people show up on, on a Friday night to junior high youth group. And let's just tell Farnell Middle School, <laughs> the world says this, we say this, right? People say that, no, adults won't get together in small groups because they're too busy. And all of a sudden, they get together around our church and they realize, no, we're willing to sacrifice our time on a Monday night or a Wednesday night when everybody else is doing everything and just saying that they're so busy, people get together here. You know why? Because they feel like they belong somewhere. Is that our church? Because that's what happened in the Bible, right? That is what uh, changed the world. And so as we think about it, as you think about it, where are you? This is not some, right, data dump, please. This is the word of God. This is Acts 2. This is supposed to paint you a picture and encourage you. Because this is how much Jesus loves you. He wants you to belong to an imperfect but beautifully redeemed institution in the church. Amen? Let's pray and ask God to help us. God, we need help. And I, you know I need help. You know even those moments this weekend talking about my weaknesses. I just wanted to lie to all these guys. I just wanted to in some way cover up and say, okay, I'm going to make an excuse, and I didn't have one. But Father, your spirit in them spoke to me. And you told me that you loved me, that I was forgiven in spite of all the weaknesses and all my junk that I bring to the table. Please, God. We want to be free people. And we want to do that together. Not some lone ranger Christianity, but together. That means some of us are going to look stupid. And you love it. Because it humbles us and it puts us in our place. God, continue to work in our church. We love you so much. You have paid the ransom. You are the redeemer that paid the ransom so that we could be redeemed. And you didn't have to do it. You shouldn't have done it. If you were the just judge, you'd laugh at us. But you're not. You're gracious. And you're merciful. Thank you, God, that you are slow to anger and that you are abounding in love. Make us that type of person, God, in your name. Amen.